Welcome to Showtime on that sports talk show. We're just going to jump right into it today with exciting news. I'd like to welcome a special guest here today. He is a former player just like me. We played on the same summer league team a few years back. We won the championship, MVP, all of that stuff. But I want to welcome Mr. Rob Fry. How you doing today, sir? What's going on, my guy? I appreciate you having me, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're just going to jump right into it with Rob Fry. Can you give us just a brief opening statement about who Rob Fry is? I mean, I guess there's a lot that can be said, but just for me, man, I'm a proud parent, uh, you know, advocate for my community, uh, basketball player, basketball coach. Um, you know, just got a, got a love for kids, man. So uh, most of my life, that's what I've done. It's kind of dedicated my life to kids, whether it's mentoring or coaching. So uh, pretty much that's where I'm riding that shit. Right, right, right. Now, coming up, uh, let's kind of start from the beginning. You know, coming up as a child, do you have any brothers or sisters? Uh, that's kind of a loaded question. But yeah, I do. I uh uh, you know, was adopted when I was two weeks old. Mm-hmm. So I've got that extended side of my family that, you know, they show love, that stuff, those were brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, all of that. And then I have my biological side. Mm-hmm. And on that side of my family, you know, I've got quite a few brothers and sisters. Uh, so lucky for me, you know, most kids who were adopted, they don't get a chance to know both sides of their family, you know, the extended side and mm-hmm. the uh, biological side. So I was able to do that. So, uh, I was fortunate to know who all my brothers and sisters are. Right, right. Hey, I appreciate that. Now, uh, coming up, uh, realizing that, um, how did you or what led you into the sports world at a young age? Really, it was drugs. Uh, you know, started selling drugs at 13, 14 years old on the east side, paying for some cats. Um, and then at 18, 19, after going through a drug bus, I realized, yo, this is not the life I want to live. I had played basketball all my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really felt like that basketball was going to be my saving grace, which it was. Right. Um, had I not been playing basketball, uh, there's no telling what would have happened to Rob Fry. Right. Uh, so, uh, and once I realized that playing sports can keep you out of trouble, mm-hmm. you know, once I graduated college, got out of school, uh, everything I was going I always say I'm going to teach kids who were in my situation how to get out of that situation. Right. Um, and so ever since then, that's what I've done. You know, if I wasn't coaching, I was refereeing um, just to be that positive influence as a black man so that you know, kids from the hood, they can see another side of a black man outside of you know, being a hustler um, right. or whatever the case was that they saw you know, in their everyday life. Right, that's that's good. Now, I, I want to bring something to your attention, as you as you mentioned, you know, just by you know being a black man and wanting to educate the youth. Uh, you were a part of the of the mayor's team, uh, if I could recall, and you were in fact uh, 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 preaching positivity through the communities, you know, because of the because of the gun violence that we have here in the city. Talk about your your position when you were here in Indy working with the mayor on the gun violence here in the city? Yeah, so that team that the mayor put together was a team that, you know, the city of Indianapolis had never seen. Mm-hmm. The mayor, mayor Hogshead got that idea from a couple of the 
uh, cities who had started doing that. Right. And basically, we were called the uh, violence reduction team. It was our job, my job specifically, to get the individuals who uh, were about to be the victim of, of gun violence mm-hmm. or be the shooter uh, and try to redirect them and connect them with uh, with resources in the community get them out of the situation they were in. Oh, okay. Uh, and, you know, it, it started to be a success. You know, unfortunately, you know, Indianapolis has a bad rap right now for all of the gun violence. Yes. Uh, for what people on the outside, what they don't see, mm-hmm. all the things that we're doing, all the things that Shauna Major is still doing, because those lives that are being touched, mm-hmm. if they weren't being touched, the murder rate could be a lot higher than what it is right now. Right. And those are some of the things that, you know, I like for people in the Indianapolis community to understand is that things could be a lot worse if this program was not in place. Right, right. And, and just with that being said, you know, we had a, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, since you're, you know, moved um, out of Indianapolis, there were, it was a, I'm not saying that it was it was kind of similar to the to the Hovey murders. I don't know if you heard about the the young kid killing his yep. whole family, and you know when, yeah, when you think situation. yes sir when you think about that and, and, and what the kid was going through, you know mentally, you know as men we wanna we wanna enhance our knowledge to the youth so that they can make the best decisions for them. Um, you attended Broad Ripple, graduated in '92. Um, you have uh, you have two sons and a stepdaughter. Uh, what type of uh, conscience do you give them on a day-to-day basis, knowing what the world is built and shaped like right now? Well, one thing we as black people, especially black men, especially of our age, mm-hmm. we grew up and we were always told that whatever goes on in this house gonna talk about it outside of this house. Exactly. So we learned to internalize uh, mental health issues. Right. We were all, always told, boy, ain't nothing wrong with you. Girl, ain't nothing wrong with you. Right. And one of the things that as a black community that we have to start doing is really putting our finger on mental health issues and taking it seriously. Um, so with my sons, and you know, my daughter, I won't call her my stepdaughter, I'll call her my daughter. Mm-hmm. That's my baby. Mm-hmm. With them, you know, I talk to them about, you know, how are you feeling mentally? Not only how are you, you know, feeling emotionally or physically, how are you feeling mentally? Right. You know, and I try to make sure that that's, there's always an open-minded communication and I want them to be comfortable talking to me about anything, any and everything, you know, not just relationships or, or college or whatever, but their mental health status as well. Because if we can, we can stay in touch and stay uh, over where you know someone's mental health status, maybe just maybe it'll be a whole lot easier to help them out in a situation of crisis when it comes to mental health. And I think that you know I'm I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I would venture to say that that young man uh, most likely suffered from some type of some type of mental illness, mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately that mental illness got the best of him, and it not only hurt him. But it hurt six other people, and then everybody else who was close with that family. Right. Um, so it was definitely a very unfortunate situation. I just think that we as parents, we as black men, really need conscious of what mental health is and how mental health really can affect you and others around you. Oh, that's that's what's up. And you're listening to Showtime Arnett on the Showtime Arnett Sports Talk Show. That is Rob Fry. We're going to take a quick commercial and we'll be back right after this.
We're back live here with Rob Fry on the Showtime Arnett Sports Talk Show, the podcast. And we were just talking about, you know, just the, the, the situations of, you know, gun violence, uh, what that does to the community. And when you're affected by gun violence, how many people does it affect? And so uh, we want to bring Rob back to the show. And so, Rob, we were just uh, we want to just uh, touch bases on. You know the the violence not just in indiana but just you know everywhere going on you know what do you think or just give me your synopsis about how this is how this is uh playing out in the world today you know just just with the violence in general um so like with anything you know we always want to say that violence is not the answer mm-hmm. that there has to be another way in a lot of cases i agree with that what i think over the last seven, eight months, we talk about the protests and the riots in the summer leading up to the riots at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, you know, during the summer, you had a group of people who were fed up. Now, when I say group of people, I sp- I'm specifically talking about us as black people. Mm-hmm. Black people who were fed up with, uh, you know, not being treated, fed up with police brutality. Uh, and sometimes, you know, the best way to get someone's attention is to mess with their money. And that's what happened, you know, with the protests and the riots over the summertime. Uh, people, the powers that be, their money was affected by the destruction, mm-hmm. which is why you're starting to see that, that, that gradual change. Right. Um, and they only changed or started making statements because their, money, their bottom line was affected. Right. Uh, if that makes sense. Had their bottom line not been affected, uh, they wouldn't even have messed with it. We, right. Yeah, they wouldn't have cared mm-hmm. because it really didn't affect them. But once it starts affecting them, that's when they start making changes. Right. Uh, and I think with our uh, former administration, it had a lot to do with that. You know, uh, we got to see a different side of people because of that former administration and how he went about doing things. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's always a reason for things happening, and we're starting to see, you know, how how that is coming to a head, and it's, it's going to pop. It's like a pimple. When that pimple comes to a head, it's eventually going to pop, and that's what ended up happening. Right. Um, uh, so I think that now that we, I say we, like now that we have their attention, now it's time for us to work together. Right. Now we can't keep destroying stuff. Now it's time for us to come together and say, okay, we have their attention. What are we going to do next to keep their attention, but in a positive manner? Because we still have to look at that younger generation that they don't know which way to go. So they're looking to the elders, and I say elders, and us, they're looking to us to be that example of what direction do they take now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's time for black people just to come together and say, hey, this is the route we're going to take. It's going to be a positive route. Education, uh, construction, you know, trades. Schools, paying help, teachers, help right, right, yeah, and 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 with that being said, you talked about the administration. Now you were on that administration team, but you left and moved to the West Coast. Why did you leave the administration? And talk about the move to the West Coast. Well, the move to the West Coast was more so just for personal, a personal reason. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife and a scientist ended up with a job out here. Uh, and so that was a situation where we just didn't want to turn that down. Um, I, although I really loved what I did uh, in the city, 
because I was able to really touch a lot of lives. Right. Um, which is what I'm, you know, I'm all about helping young people and touching those lives, you know, help guide them into another direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just time to kind of move on from Indianapolis and, you know, start the next chapter of my life, especially with my son, getting ready to start his freshman year in college, uh, basketball. Um, I didn't want him to have to go back to that situation in Indianapolis or have to worry about you know, his friends who made him shot and killed. I really want yeah. him to have a situation where he can focus on school. He knew that his dad was doing good and, and he didn't have to worry about me being in the line of fire because I dealt directly with shooters. I, I dealt with those people who were the murderers. You know, it's my job to go knock on the door and basically say, hey, give me that gun. Let me get you into something else. Right. So it was just time to move on and be something else positive. Right. Now, you talked about your son, Rob. I've seen him play before. I want to say congratulations to him. Much love. What are the things that you teach your son, um, not only Rob, but your older son, as far as being prepared in life as a black man? You, you know, that's one of the toughest things as a black father to try to teach your you know, black son to be prepared as a black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, it's always have uh, the underhand, you don't have the upper hand in any situation. So as a black man, you have to work twice as hard right. as your counterpart. Uh, and not twice as hard on the basketball court per se, but twice as hard in the classroom. You have to approach things differently in life because you are a black man with dreads, with tattoos. Right. Uh, and that's what people see on the outside until you open your mouth and they see oh wow this kid is intellectual he's smart he's well spoken um, so I always tell them you have to carry yourself like a man head up high you look a man in the eyes when you shake his hand but how you present yourself outside of that mm-hmm. you know is what people are going to judge you on they're going to judge you on how you walk how you talk how you dress so you have to be prepared to work twice as hard everybody else and everything right now I want to touch on this I don't I don't want to make this an uncomfortable conversation for you but I know at the beginning you said you were adopted and you got to have both sides of your family now you have a family of your own how much does it mean to you to be in your son's life knowing that you're you know that knowing that he doesn't have to go through what you went through at the beginning of your life bro it means the world Again, as a black as a black boy, as a black kid growing up without that male figure, mm-hmm. any and everything could have happened. Right. In my situation, I didn't have that. So what did I do? I started selling drugs. I started hanging with all the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And everybody that I hung with, there was a group of us. None of us had our fathers in our lives. Right. So there there was that common denominator of shoot, we, we had each other and we can go get this money. You know, we on the east side. I know from Butler and down in the Hawthorne Project, you know, it was a bunch of bunch of us cats that just were doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So to grow up and to be able to graduate college and play basketball, do all the things that I did. The one thing I said to my son the day he was born, I held him in my arms, was I will never leave. I will always be. Right. And even though his his, his mom and I divorced, I was always there, and I'm all I'm still there. I talk to my son every day, sometimes two or three times a day. Right. We talk before every game. We talk after every practice. Uh, 
just that bond. So you so you built up a you built up a really uh, a, a solid solitary bond with both of your sons, uh, knowing the type of life you live, and you didn't want to show them or just have them in the environment for them to be in that type of line of fire. I respect that. I understand that. And we're going to take another commercial break. This is your man, Showtime Marnett. We'll be back right after this. And we're back here. This is me, Showtime Marnett. I want to thank everybody for listening to me on Anchor and Spotify. Check it out. I'm on eight platforms. I just want everybody to tune in and listen up when you have time. Now, Rob Fry, hey man, all all American athlete. That's just that's just my notion. Went to Broad Ripple, graduated '92 again. Um, now let's talk about. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I did watch. Yes. And, and, and who? And did you think that Brady would do what he did against Mahomes? Yes. So my take was that it was going to be a good game. I expected uh, Tampa Bay to win, and I'm glad they did because they won me a little bit of money. What I didn't expect, I did not expect for Tampa Bay's defense to rush Mahomes like that the entire game. I didn't either. That was a surprise. Yes. Bro, my man ran 467 yards backwards for the game. Exactly. That's how much they chased him around. Uh, so I don't think anybody really expected that. But it, it, it was like I said, they got me paid. Right, right. Now, let's touch back to the sports. I, you know, now the All-Star game was canceled here at Indianapolis. And now they're going to bring the Big Ten men's and women's uh, tournament here to Indianapolis. Plus, we have, we're hosting the March Madness tournament. So that's two or three major events here in Indianapolis. What do you think about the money because everything it really evolves around money when it's dealing with with the sports world. Now, with the COVID going on, how do you think all of this is gonna is gonna work? I mean, you know, the NBA did the bubble, as you can see with the NFL, uh, uh, people are still getting in contact, and just like the NBA. So, what would be a good solution, or what would be a good uh, uh, synopsis um, from you, Mister Fry, Fry, about about the situation dealing with this? I think, like, with the Big Ten tournament and with the uh, NCAA tournament, uh, the NCAA can't afford to lose billions of dollars for a second year in a row. I think by choosing Indianapolis and the surrounding areas, mm -hmm. that was the best thing for them. One, you have the NCAA headquarters right downtown Indianapolis. Two, Indiana is the mecca of basketball. You know, some people will say New York, but Indiana is really the mecca of basketball. Right. Uh, you, you can go ride down any street in any neighborhood and you're going to find basketball courts everywhere. Yes. So, I think with all of the gyms and all of the schools that are available in uh, central Indiana, you know, Indianapolis and the surrounding areas, that was the best thing for the NCAA. They just couldn't afford to lose those millions of the, or billions the of dollars. The dollars, right. Uh, I think with COVID, man, it's not going anywhere. Uh, it's going to be here. It's going to be here to stay. Eventually, I think it'll be a situation like the common cold or the flu. Uh, eventually, I think we're we're uh, you know a few years away from that. The great thing about the vaccination is it's here and it's available for people. Um, not to think you know how popular, but we as black people need to really educate ourselves on that vaccine. 
Right. Uh, I know a lot of people, they go back to the Tuskegee experiment and how we were treated with that, how you know, black people were uh, injected with syphilis. Um, we, we've evolved a lot since then. Um, you have a lot of black scientists, my wife being one, working on you know the, the vaccine and working in that arena. So it's a lot safer than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that just as a people, we need to really educate ourselves um, and get vac- vaccinated so that we can protect not only us, but our family members and our loved ones, especially those who are older. Right, right. Man, I, I appreciate I appreciate you. Appreciate you for stopping by, taking time out of your day. Um, wonderful interview today, session. Uh, do you have uh, anyone you want to send a shout out to before we leave today? Congrats, you know, Rob. Little Rob. You know, so, yeah. You know, yeah, you know, so he's he doing big things. So the two of them, you know, my life is really surrounded, you know, around them, what they're doing. And I just try to be their biggest supporters. Uh, you know, my oldest son is an adult now, so he's out of Denver living on his own living life. So uh, definitely a proud parent, man, proud husband. Uh, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. It means a lot. Uh, you're doing a lot of big things. And, you know, we're going to go. Thank you, sir. So, you know what and 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 before i don't want to you know tear up but i, I appreciate those words man because everyone that comes on the show is you know is, is giving is giving excitement and is praising me you know to do the do the best thing and the good thing and that's to keep on pumping the show and i appreciate you man i really do and uh you know, this closing, I want to give everybody this. Me and Rob played Summer League, and we did win a championship in our late 30s. And, you know, he's a good teammate. You know, sometimes, you know, he he didn't pass me the ball on the break, but we ain't going to talk about that, you know. Uh, he wanted to get the and one instead of giving me the and one. So, I, you know, I, I, I still slap him, you know, high five and all of that, but, you know, much love to you, Rob, your family. I appreciate you, man. Much um, success in endeavors with you and your wife. And um, I just want to say thank everybody for tuning in to Anchor, listening to the Showtime Barnett Sports Talk Show, the podcast with our guest today, Rob Fry. And we want to thank everybody for listening. Yes, sir. We want to thank everybody for listening. And everybody, have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Showtime Arnett Sports Talk Show, the podcast. You can check it out on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Breaker.audio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Thank you once again for listening to Showtime Arnett Sports Talk Show, the podcast.